Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. Uh, this day, we are on episode 43. Uh, gentlemen, how are you this morning? Ben, uh, hi. Pretty good. It's been a mixed bag. Yep. So, uh, well, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got um, Trump being sued by New York State. This is good. Um, we have uh, <laughs> Trump's amazing new legal defense for stolen documents. Uh, you guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, we're going to be discussing the Ron DeSantis migrant debacle, which is, I mean, the twists and turns in this story have been crazy. We'll do our best to cover that and, and why this is not going well for him. Uh, then we have our both sides segment. Uh, my pick is particularly insane this week. And then in the members only podcast today, we're going to be talking about Putin's nuclear threat, uh, just because we wanted to keep things nice and light. Um, <laughs> so uh let's get to the first story of the day which is trump being sued by new york state this is yeah. um okay i'm gonna read from the guardian so this week the attorney general of new york state has filed a civil fraud lawsuit against donald trump and three of his children involved in the family real estate business for falsely inflating his net net worth by billions in order to enrich himself and secure favorable loans Announcing the suit in New York on Wednesday, Letitia James also said referrals had been made to federal prosecutors and the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, a move sure to anger the former U.S. president and increase consternation among his inner circle about the depth of his legal predicament. Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump and Eric Trump were all deposed during the New York investigation, which began when Trump was president and lasted for three years. The lawsuit seeks to bar all four Trumps from serving in executives in New York and to prohibit the Trump organization from acquiring any commercial real estate or receiving loans from New York-based entities for five years. And this is a quote from Letitia James. She said, the complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. He did this with the help of other defendants. So, mm-hmm. like... Reading about this this week, the, what, what kind of surprised me was that, I mean, the scale of it is enormous. Like, the, yeah. the fraud is absolutely colossal. I mean, well, anybody never, never else. No small. <laughs> yeah, he, he never, right, he doesn't do things by halves. Like, you know, I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, but it's, so the suit, it, the, the suit seeks to recover at least 250 million and to bar the Trump Organization, Chief Financial Officer, and a Weisselberg. Um, from serving in any top roles as well. But, like, I, I don't know, how far... Where, where does this go? Like, I, I, I'm trying to... What, so, I guess, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't really understand the, the sort of... Um, the really... The sort of potentially where this goes. But I, it's a civil lawsuit, right? So he's not going to jail for this. But it's... Yet. But there's, that's going to lead. I mean, you can't... Federal prosecutor. Yeah, you yeah. can't have that level of, of fraud. fraud and not lead to other lawsuits. And... Um, mm-hmm. Right, the Manhattan DA. Oh, crap, I forgot his name. The one who what, Alvin the, Bragg. Yes, him. The one who decided he wasn't going to pursue it. He's going to yeah. be under enormous pressure now. 
Yeah, his to, reaction to back. after that press conference with Letitia James, the mm. post from Alvin Bragg's office was basically like, hello, I'm still here. It's just, <laughs> yes, we know, we see you, and you already kind of dropped the ball a little bit. But, I mean, that's it's true, though, that he's prosecuting the Trump organization. That's moving forward. I think the trial starts next month. Mm. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, so so you think this is because federal prosecutors are going to get involved uh, um, uh, as well? It's been referred to federal prosecutors. This to me is the interesting thing um, because yes, maybe, maybe, maybe not. It's it's unclear as to whether or not SDNY is going to pick up this case. I mean, it's entirely possible. I think the more likely scenario is that the Internal Revenue Service and the criminal division there will be taking a hard look at these numbers for sure. And I've been wondering all along throughout the course of this last three years with the Attorney General's office in New York, where's the IRS on all this? The same with the Manhattan prosecution. Where's the IRS looking into this stuff? You can't falsify your books. I mean, all the valuations and everything like that, all of that feeds into your tax returns as well, your tax liability and so on. So in a sense, if you're committing fraud on these official documents, chances are you're committing fraud on your tax returns as well. Mm. And committing fraud on your tax returns is, uh, what do you call it, frowned upon by the IRS. <laughs> Come on. Who here is looking forward to Donald Trump's lawyers arguing that the IRS can't look at Trump's taxes? <laughs> Come on. You know you're looking it's forward gonna to it. They're going to do it. They're going to do, do it. And that's it. the thing. They're going to, every step of the way, they're going to oppose this process. They're going to obstruct, delay, mm. scramble, obfuscate, whatever they can do to slow this down. Because as I've been saying, Trump wants to see if he can delay this long enough that even if he's sentenced eventually, let's say he's sentenced like a year from now or something like that, mm. he has a potential get out of jail free card uh, if a Republican wins in 2024. They can pardon him, absolutely, right? Yeah. That's kind of why I want the state to pick it up, because that part yes. could do jack shit against a state conviction. That's right. That's right. But, and Fulton County, Georgia is the best chance of that. So, I mean, again, and this is going to tie later into Ron DeSantis, right, and his little stunt, because that guy is the... Because if... Bob, your contention is that Trump is not going to run in 2024. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Especially now. Because right. I've been referring to this as like a, a Russian nesting doll of fuckery, a, rust, a, a Russian nesting doll of crimes. Mm. Because with every new crime that we hear about, there are additional crimes that occur under that. Like, for example, with the Espionage Act situation, the obstruction of justice situation with Mar-a-Lago. In early June, when the FBI was at Mar-a-Lago, Trump told his attorneys, allegedly, to tell the FBI that there were no more documents at Mar-a-Lago. Of course, there were documents at Mar-a-Lago. So in a sense, uh, Trump aided and abetted lying to the FBI. There's an additional crime in the midst of this other crime, right? And the mm. same thing is happening now with this uh, Letitia James investigation where there are additional things that could manifest themselves as a consequence of the criminal referrals she's making to SDNY and, as I was saying before, the IRS. So there are new things that pop up all the time. In addition to that, in this lawsuit, there's an entire section of the lawsuit that talks about August 8th, the search and seizure at Mar-a-Lago, in which the FBI discovered that Trump had tax records stashed with the other top secret documents 
in his basement. And these are tax records that Trump and his people should have turned over to Letitia James in New York. And in fact, Trump's lawyer speaking for Donald Trump. Remember, when a lawyer talks, the lawyer is talking on behalf of the lawyer's client, in this case, Donald Trump. So Donald Trump and his and his lawyer lying to Letitia James's office about having turned over all of their tax records. When in fact they didn't because tax re- oh, oh suddenly, oh whoops, their tax records here in this uh, search and seizure from August 8th. So yet another layer, uh, again, Russian nesting dolls. You open one thing and oh my God, there's more crimes inside there. It's almost like magic. Now this is working. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of breathtaking really, isn't yeah. it? I mean, the whole thing is, is like stunning that the guy has managed to stay out of jail this long. Right, um, it really right. is and, a microcosm and, of the Republican Party. It's just crime after crime after crime while pretending he's the most moral person in the universe. It's yeah, just that's, like just the, we, and that's the thing about these crimes, though, is we all recognize that this is Donald Trump's behavior. This is how he's always uh, done business. I mean, mm. it's, it's clear. I mean, we've had, you know, at least press accounts. I mean, legitimate press accounts of behavior like this going back to the 70s, going back to tax fraud that he committed uh, in conjunction with Fred Trump. I mean, you can go down the list, his entire, uh, you know, history operating in Manhattan. That's what's so confounding about this movement that has built up around him, Mm. which is that most of us who've been paying attention, especially those of us who have lived on the East Coast uh, since the 70s, we all recognize what kind of person Donald Trump is and how he operates as a businessman. This is all very clear and on the record. And when he came down that escalator in 2015, there was an entire segment of the population was like, who's this gentleman? Wow, look at this guy. Where'd he come from? You know, it's like, why are you suddenly like looking at this guy like he just was birthed from another dimension that he just entered yeah. our universe from another dimension of the multiverse and that he was there to, prior to that, an unknown entity. And we're all going, no, that that guy, that guy's a crook. That guy's a con man. Haven't you read the papers? Haven't you seen the news for 50 years now? And they're well, just they did. completely and clueless. they saw that he was a piece of shit racist, and they were like, "That's our guy." Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. him. He's willing to say out loud the stuff that other people won't. Yeah, yeah. And the thing, and the that's thing our is, man. Yeah, and look, if they you knew, look, they knew exactly who he was. Well, they, some some of them did, sure, but I think by and large, they were at least deluding themselves. Let's put it that way, in terms yeah. of his uh, his track record up to that point. They were saying to themselves, yeah, well, uh, yeah, everybody does weird things. Everyone shaves the corners off of the truth. Everyone shaves the corners off of the law. You know, who doesn't kind of fudge their tax returns occasionally? I mean, that's the thought process. Yeah, the press definitely helps normalize all of that. They they definitely help normalize it as every opportunity they help normalize it. And not not to go on a a tangent, not to go on a a crazy tangent, but the if you look at like, you know, did you guys read that Jonathan Chait piece looking back into the history of Trump's, um, you know, Trump's sort of relationship with Russia? Um, uh, is it a new piece? No, it was it was published a couple a few years ago, but oh, it's okay. like this it's a huge piece um uh, that mm-hmm. del- goes back into the history of Donald Trump and his you know when he was going over to Russia in the 1980s and 
and and this whole sort of policy of of the of the Soviet Union uh, by kind of getting getting these Western assets, as they would call it, I, I forget they, they had a specific name for it, um, but they would you know basically court these figures in in America, um, clearly ply them with lots of cash and women and whatnot, and essentially get them to do their bidding right so like trump was taking out you know anti-nato ads in the new york times in like the 80s right know, that was like after that. a trip where they were telling him all this stuff about how bad nato was and he came yeah back yeah and said, my god nato's terrible even though right. he doesn't know anything about it yeah what does trump know about nato like what does he know about foreign policy other than you know which bank can he borrow money from right the, the, the guy the guy is you know he's not exactly um historically literate he's not exactly um you know what I mean like he he wouldn't have any real understanding of like what happened in world war 2 and post world war you know uh world order and the international relations and the creation of nato and all that you know he trump wouldn't know any of this stuff but all of a sudden he's going he's in new york and taking out ads against nato i mean just sort of yeah it's weird right so so but anybody Extremely. who did any kind of historical Back check, you know, background check on this guy would see clearly the guy is, yeah, utterly fraudulent, a, a con man, utterly fraudulent, probably compromised by a foreign nation, you know, um, clear for everybody to see. But yet here we are, and the guy is still the major force in in the GOP, you know, and and Trump is is, is genuinely like he still wields his power um, in the GOP, like he he makes the Republicans, yeah, he's made them. You know his, his bitch, basically, right? But They're still he, dancing to his tune. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And this, so, look, this leads us to the, to, the, to the second, you know, to the second story we're covering today, which is this. Is, I thought was amazing, hilarious, and amazing, and just insane at the same time, right? I play you a clip, right? This is Trump's latest defense uh, uh, about the stolen documents, right? Here we go. Understand it. You know, there's different people say different right. things, but as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. And there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. You're the president. Okay, so we can pass that a little bit. So. <laughs> it's Trump saying that you can declassify documents just by thinking it, right? You can de. He, he was Professor a, X of right? national security. There has to. There, sometimes there's a process, but there doesn't have to be a process. What the hell is he talking about, right? <laughs> is this is this is like a legal defense, right? Does he think this is going to stand up in court? Yeah. Well, there are a couple things here. It's if it's a legal defense, it's a shitty legal defense. And two, it doesn't fucking matter whether he was able to, in his mind, make believe that the documents were declassified. Fact of the matter is that the president can declassify whatever the hell he wants. But, but what is required, even if he were to wave a magic wand over the box of documents and say, you're magically declassified, even if he were to do that, there's a whole process that would need to take place after that. Let's, so let's say he's declassifying a bunch of NSA documents. Yeah. Well, you got to tell the NSA that you've declassified a bunch of their operations so they can accordingly structure 
they're they're continuing investigations around that information, knowing that that information is now free and loose. So <laughs> that process has been codified in court, codified by law. It's a thing that you have to do. In fact, Donald Trump signed that law while he was president, God damn it. <laughs> and so, but, but I mean, irrespective of what the process is, once you declassify a document, it doesn't matter. He declassified these documents, yes, dot, 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 and then he stole them. He took official government records to Mar-a-Lago, dot, dot, dot. And then he lied to the government about the documents that he had. And then, dot, 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 Donald Trump uh, uh, started moving the documents all around, hiding the documents, losing the documents, 43 empty folders. Quote, unquote, Where are those losing. documents? Where, you know, so, you know, the whole shell game of, De- declassify versus classified, etc., is almost entirely irrelevant to all of this. It mm. does not matter whether he magically declassified these things. He stole them. That's they're, the case here. And then he obstructed justice. Anyway. Yeah, and then he lied. They are declassified. Exactly. Then he lied to the FBI and all the rest of it. So, <laughs> fine. Let's all, you know... It, they can run around. The Red Hats can run around and, and talk about classification process uh, and delude themselves over that, which is no defense at all. It's it's irrelevant. But, I mean, the, just <laughs> the idea of him telepathically declassifying things as well yes. is, pretty, is pretty amazing. Uh, there was a, a Paul Rosen, Rosen week of George Washington University. He's a law professor and former Deputy Assistant Secretary for Policy at the um, Homeland Security. So he, 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 in a quote to Yahoo News, he called this, it's not just nonsense, it's nonsense on stilts. Um, <laughs> it's almost, it almost seems delusional. Um, so this is his quote, he said, the entire point of a classification system is to tell people how to treat certain types of documents, that is, what precautions to take with respect to their handling. Um, he said a classification system where only the ex-president knows their true classification is in its heart, in his heart, is the very definition of absurd anarchy. Or, sorry, absurdist anarchy. Imagine that that's the way that Trump runs his office, right? So he's he's creating foreign policy in his mind, right? And he's doing it telepathically. So he, so all foreign policy or, or all domestic policy is telepathic. He doesn't tell anybody about it. Right, he doesn't say anything about it, and they say, "Well, why didn't you do that?" And he's like, "Well, I did it in my, I did it. I, as I understand it, I did it because I thought about it." That's what he's saying. <laughs> what he's what he's also saying too is, because I declassify these documents, they are therefore mine, and that's the part of the equation. I mean, they can't prove either part of the equation, and this is how right. the Eleventh Circuit saw it. This is how Judge Deary is seeing it. The special master that you don't just because you say that's declassified and you have the power to do that ostensibly that doesn't mean that you get to just own whatever you've declassified right. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. it doesn't work right. that way like i could go into a 7-eleven declassify a six pack of beer that doesn't mean i own the beer that doesn't mean <laughs> i've purchased the beer i can't just walk out with it even though I've waved my hand over it and said, that's going in my belly now. 
Wow. And no, <laughs> that's not the way the law works. That's not the way ownership works. I mean, I think, look, I think that a lot of this stuff is is, is clearly going to start to kind of concern um, Trump allies, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, if he is going to run for, for president in 2024, the amount of baggage that he's coming with now is truly insane. So um, I think that they are clearly, you know, we've talked about this, about the, the panic that must be setting in, in in the GOP about what's going to happen in the midterms and then moving forward into 2024. And look, you know, the guy that, I, that I'm that i most concerned about and have been concerned about for the past year or so is Ron DeSantis. And I think that that's where a lot of, that's where Republicans are putting, you know, all of their faith and stock in Ron DeSantis. Uh, but this guy this week, so we can talk about that now, um, I covered it this this week. Was this whole sort of um, this whole debacle with the migrants coming from Venezuela? And John DeGuma of Popular Information did some really fantastic reporting on it this week, and and um, I did my best to kind of analyze the story uh, and and see kind of where this might go. Um, but it looks like so. It looks like well, the immigrants, uh, the 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 migrants rather, are filing a lawsuit. Um, against uh, DeSantis and his government. So this is uh, from Judd Legume this week. Yeah, which is great. He said on month. This is Judd Legume of, of Popular Information. He, he writes, on Monday night, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis appeared on Fox News and defended his scheme to fly migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard. DeSantis said that the migrants' decision to participate in the trip was, quote, voluntary and called any suggestions of impropriety nonsense. Is DeSantis telling the truth? That will now be determined in federal court. On Tuesday, three of the migrants filed a class filed a class action lawsuit against DeSantis, quote, in his official and personal capacity, end quote. The lawsuit also targets Jared Perdue, the secretary of the Florida Department of Transportation, and several yet-to-be-identified defendants who were in direct contact with the migrants. The lawsuit alleges that DeSantis and his accomplices quote, executed a premeditated fraudulent and illegal scheme centered on exploiting the migrants for the sole purpose of advancing their own personal, financial and political interests. The lawsuit also contains explosive new allegations about the lengths that DeSantis and other defendants went to manipulate and deceive the migrants. Uh, So I talked about this in my piece this week as well. I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it's kind of disgusting. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's a vile person, a truly vile person, right? Um, That's why Republicans love him so much. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so this was uh, so Judd Legume got managed to get hold of the brochure that was sent to the migrants, that was given to the migrants to kind of lure them onto the plane, and the and the this is um, from Judd Legume's reporting. He says the brochure says that migrants who arrived in Massachusetts will be eligible for numerous benefits, including eight months cash assistance. Assistance with housing, food, clothing, transportation to job interviews, job training, job placement, registering children for school, assistance applying for social security cards and many other benefits. But none of it is true, right? So they weren't. They basically got them there on false pretenses. Yeah. Um, and, and the whole thing was designed to be this giant kind of, uh, you know, humiliate these migrants um, to whip up the base, right? That's as far as I can tell that's why they did it right they 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 sent cameras down there um to make it this whole thing a kind of uh you know look how look how you know we're owning the libs and we're kind of owning the migrants as well but i think it's kind of backfiring right it's it's not good uh because it's made them seem 
kind of unfathomably cruel. Just, I mean, it's disgusting that you would do yeah. this to some of the most desperate people on earth. And DeSantis has got a bit of a problem, right? Given the fact that in uh, Florida, you need the Latino vote, right? This is like, so in his home state, it's not going down very well by humiliating these migrants. Um, and on a national level, if you're going up to 2024, you, you just handed the Democrats a giant gift. If you're the main nominee and this is how you're treating people. I mean, even Jared Kushner came out against it, right? Did you see that? Like Jared Kushner no, I came missed, out. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Jared Kushner came out and basically said like, this is, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't agree with this. You're using them as a kind of a prop. Well, that's why we, he's preparing for the possibility that his father-in-law might run against Ron DeSantis. Of so course. Let's make sure that we, we don't attribute emotions to uh, Jared Kushner that he does not possess, nor can he ever conjure. Uh, is <laughs> If he's able to replicate human emotion, it's only by observation and, and duplication. It's not actually genuine. I don't think he's capable of that. But No, 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 no. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, of course. But, but, I'm, but I'm saying that it's not gone down i think the way that ron DeSantis thinks it's gone down it's gone down mm -hmm. well with with the racist base but you know you don't win a presidential contest like that you don't win a presidential contest by um alienating the latino vote because because you know a lot of latinos went over to trump in in 2020 right that was one of the big stories oh, yeah. um which Why? was Why? yeah i know it's it, it's pretty crazy but there are limits, right? There are limits to, to, to how badly you can abuse people from other countries uh, in public like that. And I think that they, they've scored a giant own goal and also put themselves in a giant legal quagmire because, you know, there are multiple lawsuits now happening and, um, uh, you know, the, the potential crimes are pretty serious. That this, So we had uh, Dylan Fernandez, the state representative from Massachusetts, were, were requesting that the DOJ open an investigation. Uh, Bexar County Sheriff... Javier Salazar announced a, a full-blown criminal investigation um, saying he thinks that multiple laws have been broken. Um, so there was also, uh, yeah, and also now the migrants are doing that, right? So the migrants are having their own lawsuit. Um, so that, that's not, it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. And uh, I don't really know what the, so the, this is further sort of sign to me that the GOP is in utter chaos at the moment. Well, yeah, they are the, relying on, they're going back to their core message of racism. They, what yeah. else have they got? Well, exactly. And the way they're doing it is by uh, reviving, recycling something the KKK did years ago, which is the reverse freedom rides, where they did that with, with the same thing that's happening to migrants right now with Ron DeSantis happened with black people uh, back in the day. And so this is something torn directly from uh, the... <laughs> the worst possible group to arise as a right. consequence that was the, of racism that was the protest in this country. desegregation. Yeah, exactly. Back then. Because yeah. it's an oldie but goodie. Republicans just the, the the right never really changes its tune. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is, right? They really are just, you know, rehashing strategies from <laughs> from some of the darkest chapters in American history. And I, and I just think that you don't win um we've seen now that by and large, as much as America frustrates me as a country, generally speaking, we have to bear in mind that even in 2016, Trump lost the popular vote, right? And then he really lost the popular vote in 2020. I mean, he got smashed by the, in the popular vote in 2020. So we have to keep that in mind that, you know, there are more more of us than there are of them, right? And it's, it's, it's true. Yeah, 
yeah, the only reason why Republicans win is because of the dirty tricks, the voting fraud, uh, the redistricting and all that kind of stuff that they that they do. And also the um, uh, the Electoral College. Right. I mean, this is a sort of uh, an archaic system um, that has, it, you know, it's sort of rigged to give, you know, white landowners more power over the political system. Um and that's still the case now. And these rules, mm. these states with much smaller populations, get a much larger say over how, uh, you know, the, the, over the outcome of elections. So this is the, these are all structural advantages that that the Republicans have, and you know they're facing a demographic ticking time bomb, and they also are facing a population that, that is not down with what they're doing. That, that this stuff is, you know, we don't well, want to that- live in 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 a. Uh, in a kind of the racist society of the 1960s you know i think we've done that well that explains their big old turn to fascism because they yep. know it's just it's just a matter of time until they can't hold the line anymore so might as well kill democracy while they have the chance right exactly um right. so uh, on that note we're going to head into our both sides segment and uh, we've got some updates for you right so bob do you want to go first Yes. Okay. So uh, I've been talking about Matt Walsh, who's this podcaster uh, in uh, Ben Shapiro's network, uh, the Daily Wire network, carried by all of the major podcast platforms, of course, uh, who are now all complicit uh, complicit in this uh, scheme, this uh, crusade to make sure that uh, we have one or more children's hospitals that will be bombed or Uh, There'll be a a mass shooting there or some sort of atrocity because Matt Walsh has decided that the the gravest threat to America is trans people and doctors who help trans people. This is the thing that's uh, been sort of boiling up under the surface for quite some time now. We've seen it in stand up comedy quite a bit, which continues to confound me why so many mostly white male stand-up comics, but you can throw Dave Chappelle into that mix too, uh, where they've just suddenly decided that trans people are enemy number one. I don't know, like, show us on the doll where trans people touched you. My God, what is wrong with you? I mean, mostly it's just, these are stand-up comics. I just, just as a side note, these are stand-up comics who uh, fancy themselves to be creative geniuses while all at the same time just rubber stamping every right-wing uh homophobic transphobic trope that's out there so this is a uh, comedy at its worst where it's punching down but where it gets really awful is this crusade started by matt walsh and libs of tiktok it's now been joined by uh um who else uh the governor of tennessee now has joined in on this marsha blackburn has joined in on this tucker carlson has joined in on this they're now going after the children's hospital at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. And the same reasons they were going after Boston's Children's Hospital. Essentially what's happening in these children's hospitals is they're providing uh, healthcare to trans kids from a certain age forward, right? And uh, when it comes to 16 and 17 year olds, they're providing uh, puberty blocking uh, meds to those people. And then uh, after the age of 18, then they can do, uh, they're eligible to do uh, gender reassignment where they, you know, obviously perform surgery to change the bottom or it's bottom surgery, top surgery. Those are the usual ways they define these things. 
And uh, but that's only done after uh, you know a, a psychologist signs off in terms of showing uh, gender dysphoria and so on. Um, it's all done above boards. There's no secret here going on. This is just the standard treatment for people who identify as trans. In the case of underage people, uh, with the sign off of their parents, of course. Uh, but now this is being defined by Matt Walsh and the others as Children's Hospital is drugging and mutilating children and identifying them all as trans from the moment they're born. And so the way they're defining all of this is that Children's Hospital is snatching children against their will and against the will of their parents and physically altering them to be trans. And this is the word that's going out to all of Matt Walsh's listeners uh, through places like Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and iHeartMedia and all the other various podcast platforms. And uh, now it's being picked up by, because Vanderbilt is in Nashville, Tennessee, it's being picked up by Governor Bill Lee and the attorney general in that state who are going to be investigating Children's Hospital now. Jesus. Uh, we've already had, I think I may have mentioned this on last week's show, the FBI has arrested someone who was phoning in bomb threats to Boston's Children's Hospital. Uh, and so this continues on and on. Um, and it's only a matter of time. It's one of those depressing stories where you know exactly how it's going to end. And yet no one, I mean, obviously, there's some activism happening about it. I'm talking about it. Uh, people like Dr. Leah Torres is talking about it on Twitter. It's now getting a more national profile because of Marsha Blackburn, who is now joining with Matt Walsh and Bill and Bill Lee and all the others to condemn this stuff. Uh, and so some people are talking about it, but it's just it's not getting the traction that it should get, especially knowing that this is going to end in some form of a terrorist attack, a mass shooting. Uh, an Oklahoma City style car bomb, maybe. Uh, who knows what they've got planned? But this is the kind of thing where they know Matt Walsh knows what his people are all about. They he they know the itcher, itchy trigger finger. They know the desire to once you've built up an arsenal to desperately want to use that arsenal in some way. It's like yeah, who doesn't want to play with their toys? So this is immensely irresponsible. This is dangerous. This is going to lead to, in the process of allegedly wanting to save children, this is going to lead to dead children. This is exactly how this is going to end up. There will be the bodies of dead children dragged out of uh, Children's Hospital somewhere in the country. Right now, it's Vanderbilt they're targeting, but it could be any Children's Hospital uh, from coast to coast. Children's Hospital. That's the villain that they've landed on for this. It's just incredible. Right. And then the press will be like, oh, my God, did he play video games? Did he listen to rap music? We yeah, don't exactly. know how this could have happened. Yeah, yeah. We don't understand. Why does the tragedies keep happening? Yeah, and then, you know what? We're, we all mean well, but the fact of the matter is that's when uh, liberals of Twitter suddenly start going, why, oh, why, oh, my God, you know, how could this have happened? We know it's going to happen. It's inevitable that something awful is going to happen at a children's hospital in the United States because of this crusade. You can't go around saying, yes, they're drugging and mutilating children without some crackpot 
with a, a red baseball cap going, all right, you know what? I got to put a stop to this because Matt Walsh is telling me so because Tucker Carlson and Marsha Blackburn and Bill Lee, all these people with high profiles and reputations are telling me to do something. So I'm going to do something. And that's the big tragedy in this. And, and we have we we have the foresight. <laughs> we know where this is leading is just nothing's happening. I, I've been trying every time I write about this or or uh, tweet about it, I should say, I, I've been trying to tag Apple Podcasts in all of this to try to get this guy deplatformed before someone's killed. But you know what? Even if they deplatform deplatformed him right now, it, it doesn't matter. The the fucking awfulness is already out there. So you know what can you do? What can you do about this? Well. And that ties into my – sorry, Ben. I'm just going to go. But so that ties into my both sides, which is Tucker Carlson, who is apparently very jealous of Matt Walsh's success in triggering uh, scholastic terrorism yeah. because he started with um, human sexuality classes in middle school because now his whole thing is that he's going on and on about how we have to do something about it. This is a quote from September 19th edition of his stupid Tucker Carlson White Power Hour. Um, the reality of all this behind the euphemism is horrifying. It's sexualizing children. They go completely hysterical when you point that out because it's true. The real question is, why is everyone else putting up with this? In a healthy country with an intact social fabric, and here's the key part, neighborhood dads would give out instant justice to anyone who even thought about sexualizing their kids. Right. And then he goes through a whole bunch more about how sex crimes and they should be punished and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That what you're seeing is a society that hates children. You would have to hate children in order to sexualize them because sexualizing children screws them up for life. Ask anyone to whom it has happened, period. No one should have to put up with this. No parent should put up with this for one second, no matter what the law says. See, he's advocating for vigilante violence. Your duty, your moral duty, is to defend your children. That way, you're the good guy here, right? You're the good guy. You're not doing anything wrong if you're breaking law because you're defending your children against sexual, uh, sexual predators. This is an attack on your children, and you should fight back. I mean, he's, he's literally giving people a license to attack teachers for being groomers, quote-unquote groomers. I mean, he's he's literally just pointing the gun and just pulling the trigger, and some there's some lunatic with a red hat is going to do exactly what Martin Walsh is getting them to do with the hospitals. That's yeah, what you, he's doing. You want to know exactly what the civil, same thing. the civil war is going to look like? The civil war, insofar as there could be a civil war, uh, will be attacks on teachers and children's hospital and places like that. There'll be terrorist attacks. That's the form it'll take. And then we're not going to see like a, you know, a, a farm field with two sides marching up to each other and, and opening fire. It's not. Yeah, it's just going to be <laughs> terrorist attack after terrorist attack after terrorist attack. Yeah, exactly. These people, it's absolutely monstrous what, what they're doing. And they just get away with it. And when it happens, they just go, oh, wasn't me. I, I, but me, Bill O'Reilly, I didn't spend months and months and months calling him uh, uh, the baby killer tiller. I, I don't understand why someone would have shot him. How could that have happened? I had nothing to do with it. And he gets away with it. They get away with it every time. They're never held accountable for any of it, which I find to be absolutely astonishing. Yep. Um, that I don't know. 
it it's I, I find it super seriously disturbing. Um I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, it just leaves me kind of speechless sometimes. So yeah, no, the, the 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 Tucker Carlson thing is is particularly that that because that's an explicit that it's very very explicit. It's an explicit call to violence. You know, like that that is. I mean, Matt Walsh's thing obviously is you know it, it's it's he started this whole thing, um, but the Tucker Carlson thing where he's literally he's literally saying go out and you know kill these doctors or go out how and, much more and, direct does it have to be before he's held accountable when someone does it yeah i, I just you just don't know like what it, what yeah what what will it take are there any there's no sort of legal recourse that's the, the the scary thing as well right is that there's no there's absolutely no way of holding these people to account not really like freedom of speech in america right and they word these things carefully so that you know you could argue in a court of law that you weren't actually saying what you were clearly saying um so they, you know, Fox Fox News legal team would have been all over this. I think Matt Walsh is more vulnerable, personally. I think he's he's probably more vulnerable. So maybe go after him um, if you want a strategy is to take this guy out. But Tucker Carlson so. again. That's why I've always argued Tucker Carlson is the most dangerous man in America. Um, but uh, I, I, I slightly, I'll give you a slightly lighter both sides now, uh, and this is uh, from from Candace Candace Owens, uh, our good friend. So this is, I'm going to just play you a clip and you can listen to this for a second. This is a headline in EV magazine. The World Economic Forum wants to make you allergic to beef and Bill Gates has the mosquitoes to do it. I want to be very clear here. The mainstream media tells us that Bill Gates is a good guy and so it must be true. So what if his name seems to be in the middle of a bunch of medical scandals? So what if various countries have accused him of crimes against humanity? So what if so many people believe that he is actually harming people via his vaccine incentives? That is a, that's all a lie. It's all a conspiracy theory. He's a really good guy who happened to be on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. But who cares? He's a good guy. He cares about you. So I want you to know this about Bill Gates, the great guy. In 2004, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation began funding the World Mosquito Program and their, quote, Wolbachia work through grand challenges in global health program. Okay, that's what the program is called. This specific program breeds and releases mosquitoes that are infected with Wolbachia bacteria. So there we are. There we have Candace Owens. Um, wow. Taking a headline from some, it's called EV magazine. So I looked into this, right? So I looked into where this comes from. And of course, it's utter, utter bullshit. Uh, so Bill Gates does, is not inventing mosquitoes um, with uh, the, designed to make you allergic to beef. Right? That's... <laughs> Right, it's it's not, it's not what's happening. Right, this this is a magazine. So the EV magazine, it looks like a very, it looks like a mixture between of this kind of convergence between far right politics and um, new age, uh, crazy conspiratorial beliefs as well. The what article could possibly that, go wrong there. Yeah, the article that she was citing. I mean, the headline really is the World Economic World Economic Forum wants to make you allergic to beef, and Bill Gates has mosquitoes to do it. It's by someone. Called Alicia Bittle, and um, 
Apparently, Bill Gates has been cooking up synthetic beef in his laboratories, but as appetizing as test tube meat sounds, I found myself questioning why. As with everything Bill Gates related, the answer is a tangled web and the WEF, genetically modified mosquitoes and synthetic beef, are wrapped in it together. <laughs> so, uh, yes, this is clearly bullshit. She opens her article with, with a lot of debunked nonsense about um, Bill Gates sterilizing women and their babies in third world countries and... Uh, um, creating famines in in in, in India, and um, you know, this, apparently he's the master manipulator and has a sociopathic psychology to go with it. And she says at this point, it's not a question of if he would release genetically modified mosquitoes onto an unsuspecting public in order to induce a worldwide beef allergy, forcing everyone who still wanted to eat beef to consume his synthetic product. But why, how, and when? Oh, okay then. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're, you know, like all crazy conspiracy theories, there are certain elements of truth to it. Right. And the fact that, you know, um, one of the Bill Gates has been very active in, in a battle against malaria in, in, in Africa because it's killed so many people. And one of the strategies that they have talked about using is genetically modifying mosquitoes so they they don't carry um, malaria uh, on the, and they can't infect people. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not an expert on the science of it, but I've actually spoken, I spoke to a biologist for the USDA about this a while ago and she kindly explained how it works. Uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of an interesting strategy. Um, the US government's interested in this kind of thing. Uh, you know, and there are, um, you know, there's a tick-borne disease in America um, that is making people allergic to beef. That is also true. Uh, it was not created in the lab. Uh, it wasn't created in the lab. It, um, it that was... you know of. Yeah, Ooh, that uh... we know of, right? So anyway, this is this is this passes the, again. Candace Owens is one of the preeminent intellectuals in the MAGA right wing circles, right? The, she is regarded as a smart person. She is regarded as a source of information and a um, a level headed rational MAGA person with whom you know she's invited to serious places to have debates. Uh, and to, to, to you know podcasts and she even went on Russell Brand's podcast uh, and she is batshit crazy and you do not see anything like this on the left um, well at least not quite as malevolent as this right uh, so anyway there's my both sides is Candace Owen and her uh, uh, Bill Gates uh, AI driven genetically modified uh, mosquitoes crazy 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 I, for one, look forward to my mosquito overlords. Yes. Yes. Um, so anyway, that is our show for today. I want to thank you all very much for listening. And uh, we are about to head into the members only podcast. We're going to be talking about Vladimir Putin's nuclear threat and how this is going to play out. You know, how worried should we be about Putin's threat? The new referendums in, in um, occupied territory in Ukraine, he's about to call referent sham referendums. You know, the world is a little bit is on edge. We are going to be talking about that and what that means and whether Putin is desperate or whether he is still the master manipulator the, the media has long believed he is. So we're going to go into the members only section. You can get a free trial. Uh, just click on the link and you can listen to it for free. Uh, and we hope you'll join us there. Thanks very much. See you later. We'll